Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. The Practical Guitarist Podcast is brought to you by Great Lakes Guitar Pickups. Great Lakes Guitar Pickups provides fantasy tones at prices of practical guitars to the world. Featuring top-notch construction, attention to detail, and a fully custom product, if you can dream it, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups can probably build it. Follow them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pickups. Are you a regular listener? Why not? David here reminding you of all the ways you can participate in the Practical Guitars Podcast. Subscribe using your chosen podcast app. Review us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash practical guitars or on Twitter as at practguitarist. Support the show. Merchandise is available in our Threadless store at practicalguitarspodcast.threadless.com and donate to us via Patreon available at patreon.com slash practicalguitarist. Reach out to us directly via email at questions at practicalguitarist.com. Hi, David. This is an impromptu episode, right? It is. It's very impromptu. So we're, te- I we're was testing our. You just come in and test. Yeah, we're testing our new recording software. So we're going to give you a little half hour mini sode tonight. Um, when this airs, we will have either been or are still at <laughs> yeah, Gear Fest. Fort Wayne, Indiana Gear Fest. Yeah. Um, I hope you enjoyed our guest. <laughs> yeah, because the guest will have come on tomorrow. Yeah. Which will be this today. Is- or something, I don't know, it'll be previous to what we're doing right now. I I feel like I I just climbed into a DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> we're running through time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um yeah, we're testing a new recording software tonight. So we're gonna see how this works. Uh post your comments in the show notes, but we're gonna do it's gonna be a short episode because there's gonna be two this week. Yes. Um, so that's kind of the kind of the goal here. So what's new, Jim? What did you what did you do? Okay, I know so, what you did. Yeah, my, I know what you did last summer. Yeah, I know what I did this summer. It's Is that it summer level. yet? Um, so, yeah, my kid my kid sent me money so I could pick this up for him. It's the Monster Limited Edition, uh, I don't know what model, the POS model, um, <laughs> Schecter, which weighs nothing. I think it's made of balsa wood and, and by, paper by monster he means the energy drink. <laughs> yeah, the energy drink. So it's bright green and black with um it does have like a I, I'm not gonna say baked maple neck, but that kind of look. Which I think means it looks it's, it's, it's probably, probably been baked all right. It's <laughs> been feces smeared. It's <laughs> <laughs> now with more fecal material. Baked more fecal matter. Um uh, the, the pickups sound like you like you're playing it underwater, but this is my new mule till the end of the year. Oh, That's my new mule. That that double humbucker Telecaster. Yep. All right, all right. So we gotta we gotta talk about this, Jim. So on a scale of one to ten, how practical is this guitar? Right now, <laughs> super impractical. It was cheap. Is it bound? Um, it's bound. As you can tell, it's bound. It's bound to be crappy. Um, yeah, it sure is. The pickups literally. Uh, so when I got it, I got to laugh because uh, my son he, he just wanted it for the look, right? So he said, 
whatever. So um, he wants me to buy that gun guitar too, by the way. Oh, so let's what go is pick it? That Wait, no, 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 which is this of, their, of your children is this? The one that lives with you? No, the one that lives in New York. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, he's just going to hang them off. They're just for looks. So, um, the, uh, anyway, so, um, this thing, I picked it up, I plugged it in, I was like, ah, oh, it kind of sounds like crap. Maybe it'll sound better at home. No, it sounded worse. Um, or just as bad. Um, I think worse because I had the expectation that it would be better. I got it in the house. I plugged <laughs> I it in, you. and there was no treble at all. Literally, it was like a um, who's that Megan Trainer? It was a Megan Trainer guitar. <laughs> it was all about that bass. I so, but I'll tell you the bass. It was like I hit a bass that I was like, whoa! I said, Can this I, be the, the Megan Trainer signature model? Yep, yep, it was. Um, I took off the Megan Trainer signature strings. Um. <laughs> And uh, I think the strings came with extra fecal matter, too. Oh, I'm sure they did. They and were so rusty. After I clipped them off, because I think they were the originals. I think they were these were giveaways. They had to be giveaways of some kind. Because you only see a few of them, and there's really no real value for them. I don't think Schechter ever sold them. So anyway, I don't think. Um, I think they were monster giveaways, some, some thing that they had. They but, had to be, because they couldn't sell those. There's no way. Those had to be the original strings. They wouldn't hold tune no matter what I did. So I clipped them off. Clip. How bad are the tuners? The tuners were okay. They weren't as bad as I, I expected. And it does have, a, you can't see it because of the dicky little thumbnail, but it has two string trays that keep it pretty stable. Um, once I got the new strings on, which, okay, so Guitar Center was like, okay, these look these will look cool. My friend is manager there, and he's like, here, take these for free. And he gave me a set of DR phosphorus, phosphorus or whatever, those green strings, the nylon strings. Or not nylon, I'm sorry, um, phosphorescent strings. So, yeah, they look terrible. Um, but yeah, they the are fluorescent green. green. Yeah, yeah, fluorescent green. So what my son wants me to do is take a fluorescent green Sharpie pen and get as many guitar players as possible to sign this thing at GearFest. So that's what's going to happen. I'm going to get everybody to sign it. First, everybody in the room is going to sign it. <laughs> and we're going to take it around. <laughs> you should get what you should do, Jim. You should get like random nobodies to sign it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Not Anyone. like not like Pete Thorns, but like, no, but like random guy A. Like, Bob Phillips. And yeah. Phil McCracken. <laughs> oh, we should we we should we should go around and do that. Cause it's cause that that fits this guitar like perfectly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, and and, we, and when people come up to us, and they're like, "What are you doing?" Be like, "Sign our crappy guitar." Yep, sign our crappy <laughs> guitar. And I'll, I'll have the the thing, and people can sign it all over the place. And it'll and it's just for the look. I mean, that's what it is. It's not. I mean, I'm going to put these pickups in, and we'll do it. It's going to be the pickup mule for the rest of the year for the humbuckers. But I figured it'd be fun. I that's a really cool idea, man. Like yeah. I'm I'm all down. I'll help you with it. Yeah, for once so, it's it's just that it's just fun guitar. It's like the other one, but I got the other Telecaster over here that I'm bringing with me uh, as well. It's just for fun, and and uh, when I get done with it, you know, it's gonna get the uh, it's gonna get the treatment from um, Nick. Nick's gonna put the pickups in there. Then we're gonna all play it, all of us do all of our rigs. That's no. gonna be the demo of it, and then whoever gets. Whoever wins these pickups wins the demo pickups from the Gearfest. Yeah. I'm 
crying right now because you want yeah. to play that thing. Yeah. Well, the, oh. that the one over here is awesome. Oh, I'm not talking about this one. Oh, talking about that. Okay. Oh yeah, you get you get to play you get to play this. <laughs> I don't want to. I will. I, I will make sure you fit. <laughs> Jim, I'm reminded of a Frank Zappa song. It's called "The Torture Never Stops." <laughs> but no, I mean, if you if you pick it up and play it, I mean, other than the fact that right now the tone is total ass, I don't think it'll be as bad as you think. All that, or all that. I hope not. <laughs> now, Nick Bonkers has said, by the way, everybody that's listening, if you are interested in pickups, he is going to he will wind them and have them at Gearfest, so that. Uh, yeah, can, you, if you're going to pick them up, you're going to be there to yeah. pick them up. I don't think he's going to go out of his way. No, but we could so. ship them afterwards. But, but Jim, this is post-Gearfest. Yeah, oh, shoot. <laughs> All right, so everybody will have already seen the video from this stuff. They'll see us walking because I want somebody oh, walking no, around I'm not going to post all the videos day one. The videos are going to come out over the next like week or so. But, oh, good. This, yeah. I, I want people to see the one that's got me like getting people to sign, you know, that crappy guitar right there. Yeah. yeah. Will you sign this guitar? Yeah. I'm nobody. I know. <laughs> all you right. can just like sit at the end of the, of the um, um, slide and get everybody's. I do want to get like Greg Cock and somebody like that. Up. So before we, before we, um, because this is like kind of like a pre a pre Gearfest episode, yeah. Which is going to air after Gearfest. Maybe I will drop this thing before we get there. Yeah. Maybe I'll drop it like the day before. How about that? And then so like on Thursday, everybody can have like a little short episode to tide them over when they're driving down or whatever. Well, I'm um, driving over. <laughs> yeah. So here, here here's a here's a thought, right? Like, um, I I want to kind of talk about some of the things that I'm doing. Uh, in terms of like how I'm saving money at Gearfest, because <laughs> because Jim, you're seeing like the expert level, like yes. uh, couponing going on here. You are, you are. This there's a there's going to be an episode on the Discovery Channel or the Learning Channel or whatever of coupon um, masters with Dave. David Just is going, going to Gearfest. <laughs> David going to Gearfest using coupons to save hundreds of dollars instead so, of switching to Geico for insurance. So I know walking in, I I sold my Helix. Everybody knows that, right? Like nobody knows what I'm getting, and I'm not going to tell you. But um, I, some people probably do, to be honest. But, but I please don't spoil it for everyone else because it's going to be really funny, and I, I I'm sure everybody's going to have like a panic attack. But um, yeah, they're probably not going to care at all, which which is fine by me actually. Yeah. Um, so but I get to be I, there. I get to be there at the birth yeah, and yeah, at the birth of it. Yeah, and 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 then and then make fun of me when I sell it. Yeah, <laughs> don't you dare! I'm don't trying dare. not to. Because I really won't. I'm. Yeah. Re I have, dude. I have to hang on to this for like a long period of time. I have to you be have practical to for a change because I'm doing and it. You next know, year. And you know why? I so, um, anyway, long, yeah. Long story short, um, I'm going to Gearfest. I'm gonna have a lot of money to spend. And I mean, I'm, we're talking more money than I've ever spent on gear in one, one day ever. Um, it's going to be amazing, but here's the thing. Like I found certain ways to actually capture discounts before I get there. So yes, I have a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. I have a spreadsheet on my computer right now that has now this is, I've uh, seen this, it, folks. Ep this episode sh should show up the day after the 20, uh, the, the 19th. So this promotion is already ended. 
but I want to make it very clear. This is how crafty I got, right? So like Gear Fest uh, happens on the 21st. On the 19th, actually from, you know, like two weeks ago to the 19th, they're selling gift cards at 10% extra. Okay. So what I did was I took and I said, I have to put this much on three easy payments just so I don't drain my account. Like I don't want to do that. And then I'll take the gift card (laughs) and then I'll put as much money as that gift card as I can get to keep my head above water. So I ended up buying a $650 gift card. (laughs) You can hear bad. My my wife's in the background. She's like, um, (laughs) I think she was talking to the cats actually, but no, I was talking to you. She was talking to me. Thank thank you, wife. Um, (laughs) Thank you, sweetheart. I I appreciate you very much. I hope you enjoyed dinner as I cooked it. Um, Anyway, (laughs) she's, Oh, uh, oh! You bought me yeah, a gift the, card. Yeah, the one that you're oh, going to use. No, wait, that's right. She did buy me the gift card because I created the account <laughs> with her name on it, her email address, and all of that. I logged in, I bought the card, but it's all under her name, right? So it, it got sent to me, which is all fine and good. That's partially yeah. so. If I go to Gear Fest and somebody tries to pull shenanigans on me, I could say, "My wife bought me this gift card. You tell me I can't use it." There now. I have already gotten confirmation from people who work there in writing that it will be fine if I use it. Yes. So that should be – it's not going to be a problem. But yeah. that what I did discover is you can't use a gift card against a purchase you're going to take on three easy payments, <gasps> which means I separated out my purchase and oh, said I'm going to okay. buy all this stuff in cash on, on, you know, on premises. And then this other thing, the big stuff will go on three easy payments. And yeah. so uh, doing that. I actually have like managed to keep more money in my pocket than I thought I was going to. Um, and I'm fairly impressed with my ingenuity on this, but uh, I'm still, I have no idea what things are going to cost there because every year it's different. Um, I've heard discounts are going to be just as deep as they were last year, if not deeper. Um, certain things are going to be more discounted than others. Um, I am waiting to see if Mesa is getting discounts. That's that oh, yeah. could be a really interesting thing. Mesa does not do dealer discounts for anybody. So if they do it at Gearfest, that would be a shock to me. But I being that Randall Smith is gonna be there, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get special permission. Um Oh yeah, yeah. So if anybody's looking to get a Mesa boogie, you might want to go to Gearfest. <sighs> if you're if you're within a day's drive, since this episode will be dropping a day before now. Well we'll see. Um yeah, so I I mean I, I do I condone everybody doing this. There's a reason I didn't make this public in the group, right? Because like I didn't want everybody to run out and do this. Because if everybody does it, then they're going to not do it next year, right? And like they won't they will probably put the kibosh on it. But that being said, um the other the other little thing that people were doing last year, if you ran the credit check for a credit card, uh the Sweetwater card, you got I believe it was 10 or 20% off. Yeah, your entire purchase. No, it would be, in my case, it would be it would be one purchase, right. right? So in my case, I would want to apply that to the bigger purchase, um, and I don't know whether it affects whether you can do three easy pay or not. However, um, I've also like I don't, and that and that was completely separate from whether or not you actually got the card, right? You let them run your credit and apply for the card. You're going to get the discount regardless of whether you can actually get the card or not, right? right. Which is 
pretty crazy if you ask me. And if they do Absolutely. that again this year, I'm going to be trying to take advantage of that. But, yeah. um, and actually, I wouldn't mind. So right now, I have a Guitar Center card, and um, I want to cancel it, and I want to switch over to Sweetwater card, um, just because I buy more stuff from them, and uh, I, you know, I feel really bad because Robert Jackson's their group. He works for a musicians' friend, right? And uh, I've been talking to him about gear and stuff, and like, I've been wanting to buy something from him, but I'm like. I there just hasn't been anything that that like I've had the money for that I wasn't planning to get at Gearfest. So I think the next year, like maybe I'll start ordering seven string strings through him yep. um and stuff like that, because that's pretty much all I'm buying for a while. I mean, I know we did Year of No Gear la last year, and I don't want to jinx myself, but there's not gonna be much gear bought in the following year. I mean, I might buy a cabinet. That's it. I mean, um, nothing else really and like even guitar wise that's all going to be financed with stuff i'm selling right now so i'm trying to like be really frugal and sensible about all this which is pretty different for me actually so my gear or my my gear card yeah um my uh guitar setting guys, card is pretty much paid off yeah. <clears throat> i think i got about a month or two left to it and that's done um, and that's because I did that, you know, zero payments, 24 months. Payments. Sure, sure. Yeah, everybody and, does that. Uh, once that's done, I get, I got, my dog just rolled over and moaned. I don't know if you guys <laughs> picked that one up. Um, anyway, so I'm looking at, uh, uh, first of all, when I get back from Gears Fast, um, or Sweetwater, yeah, Gear Fast, um, I will have something to block the reverbing sound. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh <clears throat> everybody knows you're bringing it jim and if i get good audio from this new software we're using i yeah. can i can reverb kill until you get it so good it's not great i mean it does affect your audio quality but it's like much better than it would be normally yeah so and uh as far as um you know the stuff goes uh for that i am going to be you know doing the same thing next year I'll be doing a Sweetwater card, and I'll do the whole thing. I just can't do it this year. Uh, I have some things, you know, on a personal side that are going to I wish I couldn't do it this me. year. <laughs> uh, but I want to do uh, – so I know what David's doing, and I want to do the same thing next year. At least that's the plan um, <coughs> is to come in close, maybe not do the same couponing as he's doing, but pretty, you know, same kinds of deals and the same kinds of stuff. When you – when you see what the deals are like, you're going to realize that it's, I mean, you don't even have to do this stuff to save like a fistful of cash. It's crazy. Right. And that's, um, a, that's going to be the big thing. So, but I am going to spend pretty much the same money. I, I'll talk to you offline about what the slight difference will be, but yeah. Part, part of, part of what makes GearFest able to do this is because it's an on-site event. There's no shipping costs. Right. Okay, so you get a bunch of guitar players together. They get to be social. They get to they get to view good education, which a lot of it is very educational. Um, you get to see the Sweetwater campus, which is something. It's I mean, most of our our listeners probably don't work at a place like Sweetwater. When you walk in, you realize it's cut from a different cloth. And um, I think some of it is actually a little bit of recruitment. They're looking for people all the time who can you know do the sales thing for them. And they want people who are enthusiastic about gear. So that's what they sell. 
open door policy, you come in, you see the workplace, and then maybe you do a little bit of recruitment. And I, I mean, honestly, like I've thought about it. I mean, I, even if it, I took the big salary cut, cause it would be, um, I mean, you live in a place that's like, it costs me half of what it costs to live here. Right. Like it's really compelling. You walk through there and you're like, man, can I do it? Like, <laughs> um, so I, I just don't know. Like, so my big thing is like, I child care is an issue for me. And like, I, my, my, uh, mother actually watches my kids quite a bit. And so for me, like, yeah, that would be an increased expense. And so that would be a problem. But I mean, long-term, like if I got out of work or something, I'd have to think about it real hard. I mean, cause it's, I know I can do it. Like that's, I do a podcast where we talk about gear all the time. Like it would be easy for me to go to work at a place like that. Yeah. Um, and the bad part is like, if I went to work in a place like that, not that I would be buying everything. Cause I think I, I think I could resist that urge. Um, but I would, I would probably not want to come home. Like, all right, I'm gonna go stand in the auditorium for a while. Like, you know, put an amp on the stage and play for a little bit, like not tell anybody, it'll be fine. <laughs> um, no, but there's, their facility's amazing. Like when you get there, you'll see. So I got a lot of stuff planned in terms of, um, what we're going to shoot, um, and all that. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be fun. Um, I hope that, uh, this becomes kind of a Mecca for the show. Like, cause I do intend to go next year, but I don't intend to spend a lot of money. Like I, I'll go and I'll, you know, we'll do the Airbnb thing again and we'll have, you know, social thing. And like, maybe I'll get to relax a little bit next year more than I do this year. Cause we're going to be working like Let me make it very clear. Yes. We'll be shaking hands. We'll be having a good time with everybody, but it's work. There's a lot of like discussion with people that you've never met before and walking around and like literally shooting with a camera and all that kind of stuff. It's not, this is not an event that we just go and like slack off on. But Jim and I, Jim and I have already made some discussions about me making beelines for certain things when we get there because I don't want to screw around and have to wait. Actually, the main thing is I want to buy everything and then put it in my car. Right. Get it <laughs> and done. Just not get it in and whatever just not car worry it is about we it. take. Yep. Um, get there. Get the gear into the car and then go and enjoy ourselves. So in the, in the mad rush to get there, this is my something new for the week. I decided I'm going to get insurance on my gear. Oh. Um, so I went and I, this morning I took pictures of everything and I made a spreadsheet with all the serial numbers and actually I had one, but I updated it. And then, uh, I put all my pedals on a table and took pictures of that, which is behind me. Um, <laughs> you can't see that Jim, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a, an interesting process. I got so I got to go through Clarion. So Basically, what's going to happen is uh, I took my list and my spreadsheet, and my pictures, and I took them to my local store to value the equipment that I have. I will call Monday, and I will get the ball rolling with Clarion and tell them I'm waiting on my uh, valuation to come back. And then I'm told they can they can same day your insurance. So I am interested to find out what the cost of your insurance is. It's usually ten to fifteen bucks a month. Yeah. I mean, for like a couple thousand dollars worth of gear, I have about five thousand dollars worth of gear I'm going to list. So I've been told that like it's usually around twenty bucks a month or ten bucks a month. I mean, and and that protects theft if it gets if, if it gets damaged in transit. So like if you take it on a plane, or if um and and they will actually cover repair or replacement. And 
um, if your stuff gets stolen and it gets recovered, you can get it back, which is yeah. something that a lot of insurance companies actually won't allow you to do because they've already paid you out at that point. Like they won't give you the ability to trade off and get it back, but Clarion will. And uh, Clarion, Clarion's like a part of a lot of uh, musicians associations and musicians groups. They sell all kinds of insurance um, from everybody down to like the guys playing in their basement all the way up to people playing Stradivarius violins and stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's where their money's at is the people that have got classical instruments. When you have a million dollar uh, cello, you know, and you're, and you're carting that thing around, that insurance payment is probably $5,000 a month. Yep. <laughs> So <laughs> case in point, like that's one of those cases where you're probably not paying for your insurance. Somebody else is probably paying it for it for you. Most of those instruments, those really expensive classical instruments are actually owned by collectives or they're owned by insurance or investment firms and you're being paid to play it. So um, what ends up happening is like they pay for your insurance and everything. All you are is the caretaker. And oftentimes you're even allowed to make modifications to them, which I knew a guy that um, was in college. He had a Stradivarius cello. He was, um, he came to our, he came to our campus to speak. And like, I, I uh, was talking to him and stuff. And he was telling me like, it's owned by an investment firm and they own, they actually own a full set of uh, Stradivarius instruments, I guess. Um, but they're all, they're spread all over the world. And he's like, they, they provide his insurance they actually provide his case for travel. Um, he does have to go to them to get approval for any work done. But basically, it's like a done deal because I know he's a musician. Like, he's not going to trash the instrument that he needs. So, um, yeah. And he, he told me he actually has had modifications done to He had a modern bridge installed on it and stuff because apparently all that stuff changes. But anyway, um, in terms of what we're doing here, like, we're staying in an Airbnb. Um, and I, it's not that I think anybody's going to break in and steal it, but it is a possibility. Oh, and because I'm in a like a strange place and like there's four of us with a lot of gear, um, it's worth it to insure your stuff. I mean, I granted uh, I could I could foresee, Jim, that we're probably going to have people in and out of the house all day because I have a feeling that uh, we're Nick and his brother may not stay all day, you know, and that kind of thing. Like, so it's very possible that it's just not going to be busy or that, that there's not going to be anybody there like or or that there will be somebody there at all times or you know, recent enough that they don't want to mess around and like risk getting caught. Um, but I mean, we'll be smart about it. Carry things in, you know, if we can, we'll park the car in the garage. Nobody can see what we got and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but, uh, those are, those are your, that's your helpful hint. If you're going to travel, get insurance. Um, and it's not just because it could get stolen, but like damage is a big thing. If somebody hits my car, I mean, I could lose my amps, you know, two of my guitars, like could be a nightmare. So I'm going to do my best to like, make sure that I'm taken care of as well as my instruments, because I cannot afford to replace the stuff that uh, I have. So. Oh, I can't either. <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm told that your homeowners will actually cover some of that stuff. Even when you're out of the house, if you have a writer, but yep. I am not willing to, uh, deal with the homeowner's insurance company because I've heard horror stories. Yep. Uh, my 57 strat was destroyed. Uh, well you can have, you can have a, a an American 57 reissue. Cause that's, that's comparable. Yeah, no, it's not $10,000 <laughs> guitar 
compared to a one thousand dollar reissue. Yep. <laughs> Somehow it doesn't work out that way for you. But according so, to them, it does. So I was back at Guitar Center today, and um, uh, this sounds like a joke setup. So I was back at Guitar Center today. It, it, it kind of is, right? Um, so I I didn't bring a guitar. Usually I bring a guitar to like check stuff out with. I was looking at amps and stuff, okay. um, and I didn't bring a guitar. So I grabbed one of the American. I guess it was a American Classic or whatever um, Stratocaster. I'm thinking, oh, this will be all right. The stock setup on that guitar was so bad that it was fretting out like pretty much everywhere. And I have no idea why they which, think they can ha hang a guitar like that on the wall and get it to sell. Which telly was that? It was a Stratocaster. Oh, I mean Strat, yeah. I think it was a I think it was an American classic or something like that. Germany Christmas. It was it was an 800 850 guitar. It, it, that that kills me. I get it when you hang up the $200 guitar. You got to think about how much am I making on this guitar? How much is it worth to, to do that? Although I'll be honest with you, I would want everything set up. But if you're going to put up an $850 guitar, you gosh darn better make sure that you're, you're putting it up there with some kind of setup. Yeah. I mean, you don't, I don't care if the action's a little bit off, but like it, it the, the truss rod needs to be adjusted, right? Yeah. If the truss rod's not adjusted, you're never going to sell that guitar because nobody like the vast majority of people who shop at guitar center don't know about setups. Right. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to come out and say it right now. The vast majority of people who shop at guitar center are generally people that are not super knowledgeable about guitar. Absolutely. And that now it's probably, I say the vast majority, but that I would say probably 50%. Right. And then 25% is like somewhat knowledgeable about guitar. And then the other 25% is really knowledgeable about guitar. Um, and so that of that 50%, like if you pick up that guitar off the rack, you're not going to buy it. Cause you're going to go, what's wrong with it. I'm not sure what's wrong with it. And I don't know what it's going to cost to fix it. And I don't really, I mean like guitar center could offer a free setup, but like, even then you're like, you have to be sitting there going, what's it going to play like after it's set up? I mean, exactly. you, you don't know. It's a crap shoot. Um, even, even me, like I know what it's going to play like after it's set up. I mean, it's an, it's a strat, right? Like even if, even if, so I look at it this way, you pick up a guitar with bad action, the worst you're going to pay is like 60 bucks because you're going to pay 50 bucks to set it up and, and the 10 or 15 bucks for a new nut. I mean, that's the yep. worst case. Um, cause the, the, the bridge and the saddles will be fine on a new guitar it, it you know, in the neck, like it's gonna, you're just going to have to have the truss rod adjusted. I would like to think that most new guitars are coming offline. Don't have humps or anything like that in the neck, but it, it happens. Um, so you could, you could still be getting into a situation there. However, you should be able to see that um, if you look closely, but um, man, I, I just, I'm, I'm get, I get, I get frustrated when I go in there because almost everything they have is set up like that. If it isn't in the platinum room, it's set up that way. And I just don't, I don't understand how they can sell like that. And they must be. That just seems like a they lot of mismanagement at your guitar center and, and how they're getting away with it. I don't know. The problem I is. I think there's certain, I think there's certain guys that are like really cool. I think there are other people that work there that are just absolute tools. Yeah. But the management of it, it, it should be, Hey, we've got guitars on the wall that aren't, that don't sound good. 
I couldn't even tell you who the manager center, is right now. I can tell you this. Every guitar center has got a, an asshole like me who goes in and plays just about every guitar in the place, right? And says, hey, this is mismarked. This has got a problem. This has got a scratch. This has got a ding. This string is out of place. This is this. This is this. And that guy, that person, that me that walks in there is the one that, that doesn't mind going up to the manager because I know, and I'm sure that other person knows, hey, I, I'm, I'm doing this for your good, not mine. My benefit. It's not my benefit. I'm, yeah. I'm just helping you out because I'm helping you sell sell your guitars. You know what I mean? Um, I'm I'm looking up. I want to see who our store manager is. I mean, if let's it's the guy it. I think it is, then yeah. If you if you walk into a store, a guitar store, there's always that one person who goes, "Hey, man, this guitar is the guitar you're looking. For. Hey, what kind of thing are you looking? For? You know, it's the helpful person that doesn't work there. Yeah. yeah. Now, there's well, always we, the helpful person that doesn't work there that also is a real jerk, and you don't want him to talk to you or her to talk to you. But <laughs> then there's that person that that does. Um, things and is helpful. I wish they would put a picture of their manager on their website for each for each location. They should. They should. They should. But that's because their management changes so frequently in some places that they don't. Mine so, has had the same manager for a long time. I think our regional manager is part of the problem because almost. In fact, I've been to I've been to like five of the six or seven Chicago area locations and they're all bad. You know what? You know what I think it is? Virginia beach is the only one for 80 miles. You got to go all the way to Richmond yeah. or you got to go all the way to DC or you got to go all the way to um, Raleigh Durham is the other close. One. So if yeah. you've got over two hours, to every single guitar set, I think that, I think Richmond is, just about two hours. Um, they got the pick of the litter for employees at that point. Right. And you, and because of that, you may, you have a, re a manager that is always at your store and it is, and it is a, an ownership thing. Cause we have, we have, um, uh, one guy and two gals that manage the place. Oh, we have a manager. At the, at the Arlington Heights location. Oh, I'm not talking about the, the people yeah. that you see all the time on the floor. I'm not talking about the managers yeah. you see all the time. I'm talking about the one you never see that has an yeah, office. Yeah, the regional, the regional manager. Right. Whatever, it's up yeah. in the back. And, you know, isn't there every day. I'm talking about that. <clears throat> um, and uh, but inside the store, also, we have that oh, that feeling of ownership and the management of all those things. And even though there, and there's just not a lot. I mean, we probably got maybe 200 guitars in there. It's not a lot of guitars. Yeah, we have we have probably 300, but um, that doesn't include the acoustics, I guess. But the oh acoustic, yeah, no, I'm not including the acoustics. The acoustic room is slim pickings. I mean, it's all beginner level guitars, maybe oh, a couple no. of high end Martins and a couple of high end Taylors. No, we've got. It's, that's one thing I can say. They've got a wall that is the low end, probably 60 or 70 guitars. It's the low end stuff. Then over here, you've got your mid-range stuff, but they've got a wall just as big with just as many. Not not including the the you know that room where you go or the really expensive stuff. The plat the platinum room. The platinum and and, and, and the platinum room at, at uh, our that's location. Just our platinum room at our location has about fifteen guitars. Yeah. Uh, now, if so, fifteen in the case, 
probably six or eight on the wall, um, on one wall and then eight on the other. So 16 plus like 20 yeah. or so. So, yeah. and that's 36. And you know what? Those guitars don't move. They yeah. don't, I, 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 I've seen the same ones in, in the platinum room every time I've been there for the last three months. I mean, um, which, which is really kind of funny because it's like, if they don't move then where's the, where's all the money going that, that these people are buying these like custom shop, you know, relic guitars and stuff. I just don't think it's as lucrative as people think it is. Yeah. I don't know. Ours, ours move. You know, you know what guitars don't move at our guitar center? What? High-end fenders. Well, that's the, what I'm saying. The top shelf fenders. I'm not talking about the really expensive ones. I'm not talking about the custom shop. I'm talking about that Fender Elite and the, you know, the Elite models and the other. Mm-hmm. Those sit. I, I've been looking at the same Elites for months. The, the Les Pauls move faster than the Fender Elites, which is I can weird. tell you why. I can tell you why. Why? Because most of the people who buy, like, if you're it, most of the people I know who buy fenders don't care about anything except for what is quote unquote the standard, which is not all standard anymore. Right. But the whole point is like that's the guitar they want. The stuff that's above that, they're not interested in it. Like it's if you're going to go buy a new one, you're just going to buy the standard. You know what I mean? Okay. And then everything beyond that is like gravy, icing on the cake, blowout fodder. Yeah. For like, you know, big sales and stuff like that. Um, and, and chime in if, you know, in the group, if you, if you think that's like a misrepresentation or thing, but like, that's my impression from buying guitars for the last, you know, 20 years or so that that's what people do. They just don't care about anything beyond what the, the basic level, because let's face it. Why is the strap popular? Why is the Telecaster popular? Because you can mod the living crap out of them. Yeah. We've talked about that before. It's really Something that's that's relatively simple, um, you know. A Telecaster is a is a bread or a, a meat a, board. A meat. It's a it, it, yeah. It's a, it's a cutting board. Yeah, with with strings on it. You know, if you I want mean, to play Leg- Legos with a guitar, buy a Fender. Even yeah, yeah, even Brad Paisley said that it's not it's not spectacular. There's nothing spectacular about it. And and the thing about a Strat is it's it's a fancy um, cutting board with <laughs> with strings yeah. on it. Yeah, it's got a belly cut for the fat meat. But, um, you know, like I was talking about, though, with the uh, uh, Les Pauls, I've seen some really, really, really high end stuff walk out there. I've seen now that the, the um, they can't keep the S2s. They can't keep the mirrors in stock. Um, the, the Paul Reed Smith. They don't, the, we don't even order them. They have like five Paul Reed Smiths that yeah. aren't core, core models. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, I I've never seen anything like it. They got they got six core models in the back. There's the same six core models that have been sitting there for four months. Ridiculous. And I'm like, what is going on here? They just there's no love for PRS at that location. Yeah, other than the four thousand dollar one that's been hanging there for a while. Yeah, PRSs have moved. Matter of fact, they just got a brand new blue S two twenty four in there. Um, that'll be gone by the end of the week. Oh, and I got a um semi hollow uh, CE twenty four. Well, truthfully, if I was a manager, I'll tell you what I'd do. I would get I would get high end PRSs. I would look for S twos, like a lot of that stuff. Um, and then I would I would stop trying to compete with Chicago Music Exchange with with uh, custom shop guitars. Yep. And just 
just chalk it up to like I, you can't compete with them. If right. you've ever been to Chicago Music Exchange, if you've never been there, you should go if you're ever in town. If you have been there, it I mean, you've never seen this minty vintage vintage guitars in one place. Vintage custom shop like craziness. It's well, I mean, it's just insane. Next year I'll have to drive out, come up to your place first and then go down. Or maybe J fly Jim, fly out I, and ride with you. I have been to guitar shows where they don't have as many vintage guitars as Chicago Music Exchange. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. Like it's crazy. Um and that's why I'm like, why is Guitar Center trying to sell custom shop stuff here? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, literally, from where I'm where I was standing today at Arlington Heights Guitar Center, Chicago Music Exchange is 45 minutes towards the city. It's actually in the city, but but the point is that like I can get in the car, I can drive 45 minutes, and I can get the real thing. Yeah. Why would I want to go to Guitar Center? Like it doesn't make any sense. Well, I think that's where, you know, so the, the guitar centers that do move that kind of stuff are the L.A. Guitar Center, mm -hmm. okay? New York City, yeah. the one that's in the city, Manhattan. I think it's in Manhattan now still. Because um, Sammy Sammy Ash moved out of Manhattan. I think he went to Brooklyn. Um, yeah, something like that. Because he used to be where Rudy's was. And he yeah, well, he occupied Manny's for a while, too. Or not Rudy. Was it Rudy's? Manny's. 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 He was one. Yeah. Um, but Sammy Ash moved out of there. Um, and uh, they're, they're, Sam Ash has moved to where they're like, yeah, look at our great Michael Kelly's. They, they're they just. Sa Michael. Sam, a Sam Ash made some tragic mistakes yeah, in the late like 90s, early 2000s yeah. that have led to this. Yeah. yeah they Michael expanded. Let's talk about that for a minute, because because yeah. that's a good that's a good thing to talk about. Yeah. They expanded too fast. They were trying to be Guitar Center and and McDonald's. Look where they got Guitar Center, right? right. Like that's what got them into all their financial trouble. Yep. They expanded too fast. Then they started to try and hawk house brands. Okay. So I've heard a couple of stories about this that maybe not all our listeners are up on, and maybe some of these are true, maybe some of these aren't. Again, if if you know them not to be, bring them up in the group. But Michael Kelly is a good example. But other brands like Brownsville was a Sam Ash house brand. They they were selling more house brand stuff in their in their stores than they were selling regular product for a while, and that was their inventory process. It's like they would bring all these house brands in. And they would push the house brands and then like, oh, you want a Fender? Yeah, well, we have that too kind of deal. And I, I bought a Brownsville amp. I think it was my first practice amp I ever bought. It was like a Brownsville five or is it five or 10 watt solid state combo. It's an eight inch speaker, a six inch speaker. I mean, it was awful. Um, I wound up, I think I, I think I smashed it or something. I don't remember, but um, I, it, it went many years ago. Yeah. Um, and so the, the point being like they made some really awful guitars and they were pushing them on people. So for, for those of you who don't know, the reason why Guitar Center is called Guitar Center and not like Pro Audio Warehouse or something like that is because in the 70s when they started, they were organ center. Okay. And when organs and synthesizers fell out of, fell out of favor and they realized they could make a lot more money selling guitar equipment as their primary, they switched the name. Okay, that's because guitarists, unfortunately, you're not special. There's a lot of you. Um, 
and everybody <laughs> thinks they can play guitar and everybody buys a lot of guitar equipment, right? Yep. So they switched over. Sam Ash, again, same deal there. They didn't have to switch the name or the branding, but they were selling these awful guitars and nobody was buying them. I can remember going in there and seeing like a hundred or what would what would have been like a a two hundred and fifty dollar guitar, Brownsville, right? That they were blowing out for like fifty or seventy five dollars because they just could not get rid of them, and they were still buying inventory. Like I'd go, they'd sell them like that, and then you'd go in the next day, and there'd be more, and you'd be like, "What? How? How? Why?" Because would be my question, not how. Why? Sam Ash Corporate. Because it was a cor- the, the corporate was running a lot of their inventory services. That's what I've heard. And so when they saw they were low on stock, you get you get two types of stock orders. You can you can order yourself, right? So you have like a spreadsheet that you fill out, and then they and then they bring things out. Or in most cases, what was happening there was that Sam Ash was saying you're low on this. We're sending this out to you. So what ended up happening is because they expanded and they were increasing all these guitar orders and buying all these brownsville garbage things which that's another another component too like 20 years ago you wouldn't or 30 years ago you wouldn't have known who the house brand was right because you didn't you didn't have the ability to like get on the internet and google it it i mean it was readily apparent by the time they were still doing this that that was their house brand and nobody was going to buy it and it got even worse so zoom right that company they they were an investment partner in Zoom. And so when Zoom, you know, when the 505 and stuff came out and those were big pedals and people were buying them and like as awful as they were or whatever and, and their business dropped off, right? Because nobody's buying them for like guitar effects anymore. Right? Virtually no one. I mean, right. you, yep. you would find way more Digitech than you would Zoom in use today. Um, another brand that was a house brand, uh, Samson. I don't know if anybody picked up on this. Oh I, yeah, Samson. Sam son. Yep. Sam. Yeah. So that's a whole thing. Uh I don't know whether they were sole ownership because I know Samson gets sold other places now. So I think like that's one of those things where it was like an investment partner deal with um like like the Zoom thing was. Um but when they realized I guess in the mid 2000s they couldn't keep head above water. They shut like half their stores. They closed all but one or two in the Chicago area and they had like eight. So, I mean, it's, I, that was, that was a a real hard thing. I think for them to admit was that they couldn't do it, but you know what, Jim, there's one more thing that put the nail in the coffin. What's that? And I don't, you could probably guess, but, um, this is probably the biggest of all the reasons why they, why they went under. They refused to sell on the internet in the early days. Oh, I remember that. That was that's right. They refused to make internet sales. Yeah, it did in the mid nineties, like, early nineties. They didn't turn up internet sales until like two thousand one. Yep. And at that point, Guitar Center had two companies that was yep. that was selling stuff online. So for those of you who don't know, Musician Friends and Guitar Center are the same company. Right. Right. And I think they own Music One Two Three and yep. American Music and, Supply as well. Right. So that's four companies, right? That are all under the Guitar Center banner. And so Guitar Center didn't sell a line in the beginning either, but that was because Guitar Center had some brands that would not allow them to sell online. 
So that was your Mesa boogies, right? Um, And so uh, they eventually were selling Mesa boogie online. I think Mesa finally had to come around and say, you know what? We can't force people to be mom and pops um, if we want to continue to do business. But and, and they still do it today. Like you can go to Sweetwater and you can buy a Mesa Boogie or you can go to Humbucker Music and buy a Mesa Boogie or you can go to – you know, there's like different different retailers. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Sam Ash never got any exclusive deals like that and they weren't really trucking around trying to get them. Like mm-hmm. I don't – I mean I can't imagine Sam Ash ever having Mesa Boogie in their store, ever. Like that would just not happen. Um, and – there are other companies like that too. Now when I go into Sam Ash, so I got a local one, right? It's one of the few that's still still around. There's two. There's one in Lombard and there's one in Buffalo Grove. I go to the Lombard location. I go into that place and they literally have maybe 20 to 30 guitars. I mean, it's it's not – actually, it's probably more. It's probably, probably more like 60. But there's like 20 or 30 that are worth looking at. And then the rest are like, why do you even have this? And, and and amplifiers, I mean, you'd be lucky to find something with tubes in it. I oh, mean, man. they sell all of the digital Marshalls, all of the Katana stuff. Like they sell the Black Star, the ID cores, all those. They might have one deluxe reverb or two deluxe reverbs, um, maybe a Fender Twin, a Hot Rod Deluxe. Yep. No Marshall tube amps. Nothing with anything bigger than a two twelve. Yep. And, and even the 212s are like, where's that at? You're like looking around. They have like one 212 cabinet, right? Wow. They might have some, or, they might have a couple of oranges and that's it. I mean, it is, it is slim pickings and they had their pedal cabinets full though. Can you guess why? Because it's full of junk pedals. No, the pedals are great. They actually, oh. in fact, they have one of the better pedal selections in my area. Um, and that's because pedals move. Oh yeah, and so they're willing to buy whatever pedal because they know they can move it. But everything else, I mean, it's I honestly like I don't know how they're still in business. Um, I I don't can't even recall going in there and seeing people buy anything. I mean, it's 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 kind it's kind of like being in a mortuary. It's sad. Um, it it is because like that was a when I was a kid that was a place to go. I mean, we all went there to buy stuff. That's why I know all about the Brownsville. Thing, music and arts. I was in that's there the all other, the time. Yeah, yeah. Music, music and arts. arts. That's the other music guitar store that uh, Guitar Center has. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to imagine. The, um, uh, you know, everybody wants to remember the day. Oh, I remember when my local mom and pop, and it was so great. I tell you something. Guitars didn't cost that much before. Margins are thinner than ever, and. Mom and buying online. Yeah. And buying online. That is what killed. I remember that. That is what killed Sam Ash. They refused to sell online. And then there were companies that they worked with that wouldn't let them sell online. Um, well, that's the same thing happened with Guitar Center. That's where they had musicians friend. But Rick, they were smart enough to set up set up a, a front, you know? Yep. Rickenbacker so. was one of those ones that you could not publish their price. Yeah, I remember when our store had Rickenbackers. They actually had Rickenbacker guitars on the wall. I remember they had a whole wall, yep, like of like eight or nine of them, and it was like, oh, all right. Now, yep. so I guess they do have more. So here's the thing: they don't have a platinum room at Sam Ash, right? They have a they have a sales counter, 
where all the pedals are at. And then behind them, they have all these high-end Gibsons on the wall. They're not really high-end. Like, anything over $1,000 is considered high-end for them. And honestly, like, I'm going to be I'm gonna be completely frank, right? There's a risk-reward proposition here. If you want to sell guitars, people actually have to be able to touch them. And if it's high-end, the Platinum Room, you know why that Platinum Room at Guitar Center sits like and collects dust? No one touches them. If you can get somebody to touch a guitar, you can get somebody to take out a credit card loan, you know, put a, get a line of credit and buy one. But you yep. cannot get somebody to buy something they cannot touch, and they're not going to hunt you down to open the cases. That's correct. So I think I think they're shooting themselves in their foot on that stuff. Yeah, I totally believe you. Uh, we ha- we had a conversation at uh, Good Time about um, conservation. You know, we talked about this on the show before, right? Mm-hmm. Like how I really wish there were more manufacturers. I wish there were fewer manufacturers making super low end instruments. I wish there were more or less manufacturers making super high end instruments. I wish everybody was in like the sweet spot of like trying to put together a really quality guitar between five hundred and two thousand dollars. And I know that there are people out there to be like, well, what about the you know Les Paul or whatever that's you know X amount of dollars? Look, I get it. Like those guitars need to exist too. But that we shouldn't be making more of those than we are making, say, like guitars that people will actually use. Because, all right, so Jeff Biesiadecki brought this up, and and I, I want to make I want to make the same point he did because I because I it really resonated with me. But he said um, Harley Benton. He said so many Harley Benton guitars are going to wind up in landfills, and he wasn't saying it because they're bad. He's saying it because the implied value on those instruments is zero. You buy a Harley Benton, you know you're not going to be able to resell it for anything other than peanuts. So chances are it's going to collect dust in your house when you no longer use it. And then someday, 10, 15 years on down the road, you're going to throw it in the garbage because it would be it will it will behoove you to do that rather than to actually sell it. And he's absolutely right. They have created a unsustainable product in the sense that nobody's going to reuse that wood. And the guitar's not going to, for, for one thing, the guitar is not going to outlast the hardware because I know that we have show listeners that will upgrade components on a $100 guitar yep. to make it last longer or whatever. But truth is, most of us are not going to do that, right? Yep. So, like, when I look at my, um, one of my guitars, like, first thing I do before I do a mod now is like, is it worth it? I mean, does it does it even make sense? Because like throwing three hundred and fifty dollars worth of pickups into a two hundred dollar guitar is kind of silly. Yep. Like the, <laughs> you're turd polishing, and then not from the sense that you're going to make the guitar better. Like obviously you're going to make the guitar better, but um, the question is, will you ever get see that money again? And would that three hundred fifty dollars be better served going into something else that's more worthwhile? Make sense. Yep. Um, so I see. So I see this Harley Benton stuff. I see, um, and everybody's got a house brand. You know, Guitar Center does the same thing, but they don't push their hard brand house brands as hard. Laguna, um, Laguna and Mitchell, Mitchell. Well, they so, so uh, Schecter was a house brand for them in the very very beginning of like Schecter guitar research really? uh, coming to fruition, like when they were doing the Tree of Life inlays and all that stuff. Yeah, they were a house brand. 
or they were like part invested by Guitar Center or something. There were a couple of brands that Guitar Center was backing financially. That was like, we really, you don't have the money to do this, but we want you in our store and we'll pay you. So you're going to make some designs for us that are specifically for us. I believe that, that. Kind, that kind of shenanigans. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's part of what drove them over the top was that you could only get these exclusive guitars there. And these exclusive guitars were the ones that people wanted. And Guitar Center was developing the ideas for them through market research and looking at what people were buying, right? Mm -hmm. who, who better to know what actually sells than the nation's biggest guitar chain, right? Yeah, of course. So I, I because they don't push their house brands – I, I can't actually imagine they're making any money at Mitchell or Laguna. I look for them to die, to be honest with you. Like they're they're the guitars that they sell to people who don't know any better. All right. And the and these days, knowledge is everywhere. The yeah, but I'm gonna say this. They're still grandmas, grandpas, mothers, fathers, cousins, sisters, brothers who go in, but, they don't know. They're buying a gift guitar, they go into guitar center, they buy it, it's super cheap. And and they're buying it because there's always that that um, that attitude. Well, I don't know if they're actually going to start playing, so it sits in a corner for you know two ten years. Um, the and then thing, it ends up in a landfill. The only thing I have a problem with Harley Benton isn't. I'd love to try Harley Benton. Order one. I don't want to pay the shipping. Oh, this is a good. The shipping is like non-consequential when you when you factor in that you're getting a ninety nine dollar guitar. I'm not. Yeah, that's just it, though. You should, you would be hard pressed to find a guitar. So this is my my impression of Harley Benton, right? You'd be hard pressed to find a guitar in the states for that amount of money that plays that good with the shipping included, because the shipping's forty bucks. You could order ten Harley Bentons, and the shipping is forty bucks. It's just the way it is, right? So, um, like, when you think about that, that's what most people are doing. Like, when they have, like, 10 Harley Bentons, it's because they've ordered, like, five at once. Right. Paid 40 bucks shipping. But here's the thing. Like, you order a Harley Benton, right? It's like a 100 or $200 guitar. You yep. pay 40 bucks shipping. You still you still would struggle to find an American – or uh, not American, but an American-sold uh, brand for that amount of money. Like, for 240 bucks. It's just, like, you're going to, what, you're going to buy a square bullet? I mean, even though I, I, I'm shocked that the bullet is still 99 bucks. I mean, that, that, that's really surprising to me, which makes me wonder what they're making it out of. Which one? Cardboard. The, oh, the, square, the bullet? square bullet. Yeah. It's still 99 bucks in it. Uh, no, I think, well, there is a bullet that is $99 in a package deal, but I think most of your bullets have broken a hundred now. Yeah. They're 150. I'm looking. Uh, so think about that. So to get a square bullet, and we know a square bullet, like we know what that plays like, right? You have to pay 150 bucks. That's craziness. That's craziness. Because now maybe they changed the bullet, but like every bullet I played, I mean, I I, I would rather row a boat with it. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're just bad. Um and anybody who tells you, oh, I'm going to upgrade this bullet and make it play really good, like, yeah, to an extent, you could probably get something better than what you have by putting new pickups in it. But, like, you can't you can't fix the fact that the wood is just garbage. You can't fix the fact that, you know, the electronics in it 
other than you know being able to replace them, started out as garbage. You can't fix the tuners without replacing them. I mean, it's just you're turd polishing. I'm you're still, never going to get more than 150 bucks for that guitar ever. I think for Harley Benton, my problem is I'm still not convinced that they're uh, the the cost doesn't make sense. You know, I'll tell you what. I'd like to to put this out there. If somebody's going to be a generous benefactor for the show or like whatever, um, we'll order a Harley Benton, right? But we got to get we got to get like a fifty percent price match or something. And I don't care what Harley Benton it is. Uh, if you guys want to want to see us do this, like talk about it in the Facebook group. If you'll put up half the money, if you guys can raise half the money, we'll get the other half together and we will order a Harley Benton and we will tell you the real deal on whether they're worth buying or not. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm walking in with a bias that they're not worth buying. Yeah. I know that other guitar podcasts, I've, you know, kind of latched on like Harley Benton's great. I don't think that's actually true. Okay. Honest assessment. Yep. They might be, they're, they're probably on par with like the, the $200 squires from like five, 10 years ago, which is okay. You can upgrade parts on it. But you're still you're still not getting what you think you're getting, you know. I I just I I've seen some of the like the the quilt tops on the they have a modern that they make like a modern guitar they make with a humbucker single single the fusion. Right, I think it's got a yeah. point on it or, and uh, it does it have a baked maple neck. It might even have a baked baked maple neck, um, but I know it has stainless steel frets, and it's I mean it's supposed to be a well equipped guitar. But I can tell you right now that the hardware on it's probably garbage, and the and the uh, electronics in it are probably hot garbage too. Um, you can't make. I don't care where you go in the world. We've already bought a Chinese guitar and talked about this. You That's what I said. And you bought it directly. You can't buy a guitar for two hundred and fifty dollars and expect it. I don't care where you get it from in the world. Expect it to be as good as a five hundred to to one thousand dollar guitar, which would I, which is what I would consider mass market, mid market, right? Right. What are you doing, Jim? Are you going? To, are water. you going to? Are you going to Seven Eleven to get some ice? <laughs> no, that was water. It was Aquafina. The the when you buy um like thirty six packs of Aquafina, this this is what the ah! the, the plastic yeah the plastic just crumbles in your hand. Literally, all software? I did before it. I didn't even know. Pull it out of the thing. I just poured it into my mouth, and the and the light touch of your hand just crushed it. It's, it's incredible. Um, so, all right. So here's what I'm going to look at. I'm looking at a Harley Benton SC 450 P90 GT Classic. All right. Let me let, let me see what this is. SC 490. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go on. So it's a Les Paul gold top. Okay. You're looking at the gold top. They have a black one too. So, um, that cutaway is gross. Yep. But what are you going to do? Um, I'm going to, I am going to order 33 bucks shipping. 33.80 shipping. Yep. The All price right. in USDA is a guideline price only. So it may not be $141. I'm going to yeah, order it before uh, I will order it when I get back from Sweetwater. I'll put it on order. Um, God help me. 
<laughs> because put your money where sucks, your mouth is, Jim. If this thing sucks, I'm coming after those podcasts and those YouTube channels and tell me how freaking great these things are. I don't think it's going to be as bad as It'll I be. like. Let's see. Pete Thorne, it's not going to be good. It's going to be Ryan Burke. It's going to be. <laughs> so um, I've never let's seen see. Pete Thorne do anything. Um, I've no, but they him. all went to they all went to Tolman. Yeah, but but that doesn't mean that they're backing Harley Benton. Like that's true. The one I, I I'm going to be Harley Benton's back, and I and I like Ryan. So so this is not trying to be like a making a personal attack on everything. But no. I'm sorry, I don't agree that a Harley Benton is going to going to replace anything like Squire Vintage Modern or you know Fender Player Series or anything like that. Well, like, I have to give I have to give this to to Ryan. Okay, because you know I love Ryan. I have to give this to him. He knows Squire Fender Vintage Series better than oh, yeah. either of us. Yeah, yeah. That guy, yeah. that guy knows the Vintage Modern Series, and he has he has sat down at Tobin just the, just last week, actually this week yeah. that we're recording. Yeah. Um, and he was right there playing these guitars. That's why I'm I'm putting this. And I'm not I'm not making this like I'm threatening Ryan. Don't anybody think that. I'm just saying, if this is crap, I want Ryan to know I bought this because I was going on what Ryan said would be a good guitar. Oh, my whole thing is I just it's a friendly, like I'll just tease him about it. Exactly. Like, yeah, Harley Benton, man. Wink wink. Like Yeah, wink wink nudge nudge. I hope your I hope your Wiener Schnitzel was good. I'm not saying that, that people won't because I know there are listeners of the show who like have know people who have Harley Benton's. Yeah. Um, I know one in particular. I and, don't, and I don't know anybody that owns a Harley. Well, you I will. Have you never will after anyone personally. Who you'll know Dan Kish. He's yeah, got well, his, his. He bought a Harley Benton. He doesn't have a whole lot of good things to say about Tolman because of the way that they handle their shipping. But um, he he because he had to wait. Like he he bought it's his gonna say, it's gonna and it didn't arrive in time. Right? Yeah, it takes about six weeks to a month to six weeks. He goes through customs. I mean, there's nothing to do about it. Yeah. Um, and but, there's nothing they can do about it. Right. That's not, that's not Tom and Toman's fault. I mean, nope. now granted, they didn't do a very good job of communicating with us. This is the whole thing. Like you can talk to him at, at Gearfest about, but um, what I want to point out though, with these instruments and all of this stuff is that you get what you pay for. And like, unless you're going to buy this as a modification platform. And even then, this is what this is why I'm like not on the modification train for stuff like this. Look, you can modify it, you can make it sound good, right? Like you can do things to it to make it sound better. However, you're not going to change the fact that it's built built out of driftwood, Chinese species of whatever is in it, usually. Usually, right? And that's that's the bottom line. Like if you're okay with thinking that, you know, tone wood doesn't matter and all that like more power to you. And it may only be a 3% difference after you get it upgraded. Okay, so I'm this guitar, here's the specs. <laughs> Bass wood. God help me. God help me. Oh, yeah, so that could be anything. Bass wood. I know. That that's could be anything. That's because it's fine. So bass Arched. wood in, in Asia has like 5,000 species. Set it so, in that. I know. That's just it. That's why I said, God help me. Because it could weigh... It could weigh 40 ounces. It could weigh 200 pounds. Um, <laughs> I know I'm going way over on that. The fretboard is black wood. The fretboard is black wood. It is what wood. What is that? That is black in color. That's they the painted it or stained it black. It's, it's <laughs> blackened. It's, it's maple. It's the, 
It's been it's been put on the grill and blackened. Um, they put it's, the it's really you know, spices. You know, it's Cajun. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, uh, trape- trapezoid inlays made of what? Who knows? Cream colored binding. Uh, 22 frats, 628 millimeters because they don't know how to do inches. Uh, 43 millimeters, not with. Uh, so we've got to pull out the, what is 628 millimeters? What is that? Is that 24 and three quarters? Yeah. Um, three-way selector switch. I do not know what the fretboard radius. Oh, the, the fretboard radius is 350 millimeters. It's probably, gonna, this is going to be a Les Paul knockoff. It's, it's got to be a 12-inch radius. It's got to be a Les Paul knockoff. Yeah, so yeah. <sighs> we'll see. We'll see. I <laughs> want to get a P90 less, or I mean less policy. Oh, you know, Jim, I don't, I like, I can't condone you buying this, but if you're going to do it, do it. Like, oh, they make, I, a, they make a black one, but the black one is the, uh, is not um, a P90. Oh, it's a regular humbucker? Yeah, gold top. Yeah, probably, so, probably sounds the same. <laughs> I know, this is probably really like. This is, it's going to be one Probably. of those things where I'm going to be for for years. Whenever I meet Ryan, I'll go. Oh, thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Very thanks. Much. Th- thank you for my Harley Benton SC Fire Fifty. He actually like liked this guitar. He bought one of these. Did he? And he oh, liked it. Go. Yeah, he go. liked That's it. I, I thought I did. I thought I saw him with this one. That's why I was saying. Like, yeah, um, he bought one of these. He bought he bought um the Fusion too, but he, I think he sold a lot of them. He bought them to demo them. So yeah. Well, my understanding with him with this one wasn't this one of the ones he had it in the states, right? He bought, he had it. Yeah, in the he bought he ha- he had it. Yeah, cause, so he bought a fusion. He bought that. He bought um he bought their their uh, offset. It's like a Mustang. I know he put he put a video up this week of well now it's last week, folks. When you're listening to this, um, so if you check out the sixty cycle hum podcast, put up a video where he. Demoed a couple more um, Harley Bentons while yeah. he was there, and then Philip McKnight looked for Harley Benton, who is not a person. Yeah, like who is Harley Benton? Yeah, that's and, and they kept telling him he was just here. He just left. He was just I, over there. I, I so do like met. this this kit though. They got a the they got kit. an offset. They got an offset SG kit. Yeah, they got. I Hold saw on. that. That's like yeah. But it's I'm not buying again. one. I'm not buying one. No. But, I mean, that's pretty cool. No. Yeah. Anyway. But hey, you know what? I I, I look at it this way. I, I I'll take a shot at. I'll put, we'll, we'll pay you out of the out of the uh, the Patreon money because like I don't I don't want you to buy one like that's silly. But I do I do think it would be worth you experiencing Chinese quality. He bought the uh, the MS sixty L VW vintage series, or something MS like that. Sixty L. Can't they like name these things? They got the Fusion. Why can't they? Is that what the one he got was the SF? He got one of the, he got one of those, I think, because that's that's an offset. Well, there is the SC Custom. SC possible. must be single cust- custom, and the SC. Tobacco burrs. You got. You're getting up there in two hundred fifty four dollar range, dude. Check g- check out the BM seventy five. BM hyphen seventy five. Hold on. Uh, short for bowel movement. Oh, good lord. Good lord. Good Can lord. you believe it? Like they're straight selling copies. What? Hold on. 
What is it called? The BM? The BM-75. Oh, there it is. The trans red. Yes. Oh, that is a straight-up copy of, yeah, that is a straight-up copy that of That is insane. Brian May. Yeah. It's a red they, special copy. It's a red special copy. I saw somebody demoing that. I didn't think it sounded that good. Well, so the funny thing is they built it out of they built it out of mahogany, right? The stupid thing is the original guitar is built out of oak, which is, is cheaper than mahogany. Yeah, I was gonna say the, the original <laughs> is made of oak. From this has got tone wood. Artists. This has got to be better than his. Yeah. Oh, Brian May will want one of these. We should get oh, one yeah. and ship it to Brian May. You're oh, welcome. I would. <laughs> if, if we were a bigger podcast, I would do it, and I would be like, I would be like Brian. Let us know what you think, and just to see what he says. Like, yeah, if we were a bigger podcast, it would be totally be worth it. It's got well, two post bridge on it though, and it's got Burns Trisonics in it. Well, they're not Burns Trisonics, but they're like a knockoff. They're probably just like Strat pickups. The SC the the Harley Benton SC Custom VB. I don't know oh, what God. VB stands for. Is one hundred and eighty eight dollars? I don't know. Just get the get the cheap one. I wouldn't buy anything expensive. It's it's forty. Oh, it's a cut. It's less ball custom though. I think that I think the cutaway is nicer on these. The guitar looks like it has a weight problem. It does. It does it has a weird cutaway. I don't. I'm not crazy about the three button thing, but I'm sure I could get used to it. Yeah, looks like it's got locking tuners. I don't know if that's these true. look like a like they're kind of like a knockoff of a. Yeah, dude, it's got a belly cut on it too. These are a knockoff of the ESP. Yep, it is. It's an LTD knockoff. Yeah, you had a nice EC for a while. Yeah. All right, so uh, I've been David. I've been Jim. Enjoy. Yeah. We've been the practical guitarists. Yeah.